God is good. God is good. Has he been good to anybody? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, man, look what the Lord has done. He has healed my body. I've had sicknesses that he's healed. I've had bones that he put back together supernaturally. I've, had, uh, I've seen God do so many things. I've seen blind eyes open, those that are deaf, their ears open up. I have seen uh, those that were dead raised from the dead. I actually wasn't there when they got raised from the dead, but I met them after they had died. Uh, but I, ha- I have seen God do a lot of things, and I want you to know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. His power has not diminished. He's the same God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm so happy to be back in the house of the Lord. And uh, I, I do want to say that we are all in prayer for the Murtaugh's, and we're going to continue. And, uh, and it is a, um, it's a great God that helps us deal with great tragedy. And uh, he is able. He is more than able. So with that thought in mind, why don't you give a high five to somebody and be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Brother Trace is not my armor bearer today. Brother Trace is my caddy today. <laughs> I am so happy uh, to be in the house of the Lord. And um, for those of you that pay attention, uh, this past week, week ago, was the Masters. And there was a young man, he's 21 years old. What was his name? Gordon Smee? Steve. Uh, 21 years old, uh, not quite as young as Tiger, but almost, and uh, I don't really follow it that much, um, but uh, I read the article after he, he won, and, uh, and it got me, you know, when I think about the Masters, I just think about my own golf game, that's normally the first thing that comes to my mind, just the abilities and all the things that I have, and uh, I, I, was, uh, I was thinking about... Um, now, this is the way this is going to work. I'm going to get golf balls out, and if y'all don't worship with me today, I'm going to hit them in certain sections. That's just the way this is going to work. So if I was you, I'd say, amen. I'm just saying I would, because it might get bad. Um, but um, I, I went to, um, that's a nice club, isn't it? Woo! Look at that puppy right there, Brother Roland. Mm. I can't golf at all, really, if you want to get right down to it. Uh, I guess it's hard to play golf very well at all whenever you uh, only play about twice a year. Just, just challenging. But I, I, my, my father and I uh, went, and uh, years ago, we went to a, a place. We've only been there once, but I'd love to go back. It's called Mackinac Island. And uh, while we were there, there's nothing to do there. Tonight, today I'm not pointing with my finger. I got a full club to point at you out today. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, we go out there, and, and on this island, the only vehicles on the entire island are emergency vehicles, an ambulance. Everything else is horses and buggies and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm sitting there. I've, I don't know. I was probably about 15 or so, something like that. And I'm honestly quite bored out of my mind, just to be honest with you. And so dad says, let's go play golf. Well, we don't know what we're doing, 
Now, me and Dad have had experiences where goose have chased us off the golf course and things, so our golfing may not be the typical kind of golfing. I'm surprised we haven't met an alligator yet. But nevertheless, we took a lesson out there, and, uh, and, and I'm not a very good golfer, so maybe I didn't understand it all. But he, the guy told us there's four basic parts of the golf swing. First, you address the ball. Hello, ball. Yes, exactly. You got to start it off that way. But you have your backswing. You notice the leg. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but it's, yeah, okay. Anyways, moving on. You have your backswing. You have your swing. You have your impact. Then you have your follow-through. That's the basic. No one should walk around me, by the way, while I'm preaching today. So you have your backswing, your swing, your impact, and the follow-through. That's the basic uh, four parts of a golf swing. And so your backswing is basically your preparation. You're getting ready to make your, your contact. Then you have your swing. That's the action that you take. You have the impact. That's the target that you're reaching for. Then you have the follow-through. Those are the basic four parts. Now, I, I have been told, uh, matter of fact, one time I was golfing with a friend of mine that's in this building right now. I won't point him out. But I hit a shot, and he very politely told me, Man, that wasn't a very good shot, but it worked out good for you. <laughs> and so you have these four elements that if you're going to have a good shot, all of them need to be in place. And they say based on the direction is more than just your backswing. It's more than just your swing. It's more than even your impact. But the follow-through that you have, if you've done your backswing right, if you have swung correctly, if you've impacted correctly, the follow-through should also be done correctly. But of all of, the th uh, of these four elements, he said the one that people pay attention to the least is the follow-through. The follow-through. Your follow-through in your golf swing can determine the direction of the ball and whether or not it's going to slice or whatever. Also with your swing, every part of it is important. But the thing that people don't pay attention to is after the impact. And that's what I want to talk about. After the impact, what is going on in your life? After you have went through the process, you have already begun to go through the process, what is going on in your life? Life is about follow-through. The people that are successful in this world are people that learn to follow through with things in this world. A lot of people get prepared for a lot of different things. A lot of people get action. A lot of people reach for the impact. But once they hit that point, all of a sudden they just kind of go off in Never Never Land and do not learn to follow through with the things of this life. Now I'm here to stir somebody up today. Whether you are saved or you're going to be saved today, it's got to go beyond that moment of impact. What are you going to do after the Holy Ghost comes inside of you? What what are you going to do after Jesus comes into your life? Uh, that's going to determine the direction of the rest of your life. You got to have that follow through. We live in a generation that just wants to jump from one thing to another. Just to the next thing, the next thing. And, and they never work anything long enough to see the result of anything. 
Because it don't happen quickly, because it doesn't happen immediately, we all of a sudden just jump to the next thing. People, uh, there, there's no um, uh, a real stability in jobs. You know, we just jump from one job to the next job, and, and we can't ever build up to anything. Uh, we, we get thoughts and ideas and we start working on them but we don't stay with it sometimes we start teaching bible studies but we don't have the follow-through to go with it we everything in life it has to do with this follow-through you've got to position yourself years ago i preached a message called uh throwing your hat over the wall uh it was a it was from a a a a, uh, scottish poet and it was, uh, it was one that John F. Kennedy uh, read often, and he talked about this Scottish poet and, and the things that he would say and do. And one of the things was this story he told about himself, uh, about how he would, uh, uh, as a boy, the Scottish poet, they would walk through the, the, the countryside, and they would hit these walls, uh, these, and they were miles long. They were huge walls, but they, they would just roam in the countryside. They said they would be gone for days before they come home. <laughs> oh, my child, never ought to try that, ever, ever. I'll call every police there is in the world. I got that from my mama. If I'm not, my mom didn't know where I was for about 10 minutes. She'd be calling the police, go find my son, something bad's wrong. But they would roam for days, and, and they would come to these walls, and, and they couldn't get over it, they, but they wanted to explore. They were young men, and they were just checking it out, and they said they would take their hat off, and they would take these hats, and they would throw them over the wall because they were positioning themselves in such a way that that's the only hat I have. Somehow, I'm going to get over this wall. Sometimes you have to do things in your life to make sure somehow, some way, you, you've got to make some statements. And after reading that, John F. Kennedy stepped up to a podium and he looked at the world and he says, we're going to the moon. It was a, it, what was he doing? He was taking his hat and throwing it over the wall, say, putting himself out there somehow. And today you ought to say that to someone beside you. I'm going to God. I'm going to get over this situation. I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get saved. Somebody needs to throw your hat over the wall and say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but somehow, some way, I'm not staying here any longer. You got to have the follow through. You got to put something in your life and whoever has the follow through is who wins. I read a story of a of a, of a young man, little, little boy was him and his father, and his father was tired of getting up and getting this boy water all the time and all this stuff. He wants you to go to bed. Anybody know this, this scenario? Go to sleep. And so he said, listen, I'm going to give you a drink of water right now, and, and you're not going to uh, call me in here anymore. You're going to go to sleep. You understand me? Yes, sir. Gave him his drink, went in there, went to his own bed. Two or three minutes later, Daddy, have a cup of water. He walks in. Listen, I told you we're not doing any more water. It's not going to happen. You're going to go to bed. You're going to sleep tonight. All right? Goes back in his room thinking he had said it firmly. He had said it well, very plainly. Just a couple minutes later, Daddy, can I have some water? He walked back in. He said, I am not walking into this room again. He said, I'm telling you, 
if I come back in here, I am going to spank you. You are not going to keep asking. He went back in knowing for sure that he had had this thing solved. And just a few minutes later, he heard his little son, his little voice say, Hey, Daddy, when you come back in here to spank me, can you bring me a glass of water? Somebody had the follow-through. Somebody just stuck with it until something began to happen. And, and I'm here to tell you in life, if you're going to accomplish anything, you've got to have follow-through. You cannot keep jumping from one uh, thing to another thinking, hey, hey it's going to be better. That's what's wrong with our world and marriages. Well, the next one's going to be better. Statistically, if you get a divorce, uh, the next one, the statistics grow every time you get divorced and remarried that you're going to get divorced again. At some point, you've got to say, I said for better or worse, uh, and I'm going to have the follow-through. I'm going to stick with this thing all the way through it. You can't just keep jumping in and out of something. Put your feet down and get some follow through through you. Stand, stand, stand. You got to stand. And if we need follow through in this world, we need follow through with our walk in, with God. The only people that get to heaven are people that just held on that just kept on fighting the good fight of faith, that just kept on moving, taking another step. They, they made the commitment, but they didn't stop at a commitment. They had the follow-through that went with the commitment. I think when I think of these two men, everything about their lives, I, I think of it as follow-through. These, these men, I think everything about them had to do with follow-through. When you look at Elijah and Elisha, these two men, they're not twins but they are two men of God that found each other, and God used both of them mightily. And Elijah had this, this ability to, uh, of walking with God and following the ways of God. And so here he is, and he, is, he is, um, steps on the scene with, a, with a, just a thundering announcement into the king's presence. We know nothing about him before, but when he steps on the scene, he points that finger towards the king and talks about the wickedness that's in this land and says it's not going to rain again until I say otherwise. It stops here, he says. It stops now. I, it's not going to happen. It's not just going to keep going here. And so for now three and a half years, this man of God has spoken a word of God. Now God begins to bless him. Things begin to happen. Uh, ravens begin to bring him food. All kinds of things begin to take place. And here this man of God walking with God, there was a follow-through. It wasn't a statement. It was a statement of God, and there was follow-through with that statement. As you begin to watch his life. Uh, you find fire coming down from heaven. Uh, you find miraculous things beginning to happen. Uh, and then you come to a point uh, that he is about to pray for rain again. Uh, and so he goes into a house and there he begins to pray uh, for there to be rain. Uh, he sends his servant out to the mountain to look. Uh, his servant goes and, and looks out there uh, and comes back and says, well, I don't see any rain. Uh, so Elijah says, oh, well, uh, I guess it's just not going to rain. No, he did not. No, he did not say, well, I prayed about it and that's it. You know, there are some things that you'll pray about one time. One time and it happens. 
but there are many things in your life that you're going to pray over and over and over again. And whether or not you have your miracle is based on are you willing to keep following up with this thing until something happens. Until something happens. So Elijah looks at his servant and says, go look again. And he hits his knees and he starts praying. Lord, it's been three and a half years. It's time to reign again. He's praying and he sends his servant out. His servant looks, Self, I still don't see any rain. It's not there. He didn't stop praying. He just kept on praying again and again. He sent his servant out with no answer, no rain, no nothing. But one of the times the servant goes out and looks and he looks a little closer and he comes back he says well I do see a cloud and it's the size of a man's hand and this faithful man that had some follow through in him he looked at a cloud the size of a man's hand and he said I hear the sound of an abundance of rain I'm here to tell you there's power in your follow through there's power in just sticking with it there's power in planting your feet and saying it will come to pass Huh. This man said it's not going to rain. It didn't rain in 1 Kings 17 and 1. Ravens fed him. 1 Kings 17 and 4. Miracle of the barrel of cruise oil that never run out. 1 Kings 17 14. Resurrecting the widow's son. 1 Kings 17 22. Huh. He calls fire down from heaven. On an altar, 1 Kings 18, 38. Rain he calls down. One miracle after another. Fourteen miracles in all he has in his ministry. And one of those was a man named Elisha. Elijah's walking and God tells him, get out of your cave. Go find this man. And he goes and finds this man. This man named Elisha has his plows and he's walking in his field. This man of God walks by and allows his mantle to touch him and just keeps on walking. Has anyone ever been touched by the anointing of God before? It's, it will stop you in your tracks. That, that man was plowing and stops. Not a word was spoken. But the power of God, and some of you have felt it already in this service today. The power of God touched that man and he stops and he looks and he goes to him and says, I'm going to follow you. Uh, I don't know what you have, uh, but I want what you have. Uh, he was already had a double-minded mindset. Uh, he, he already had that double portion mindset. He was, he was plowing with 12 oaks of oxen. Uh, it was actually against the law. Uh, you were only supposed to do six, uh, but he already had that double portion mindset. Uh, and so this man uh, with a double portion mindset, was touched by the anointing and so he says listen I'm following you well lots of people say I'm going to follow you but this man had some follow through to him he didn't just say it you know what he did he went and had himself a barbecue 
he went and took all of those oxen and slayed them and called all the neighbors and said, it's a going away party because I'm going after the anointing. He slays his oxen. He breaks, breaks up his plows. Why? I want to make sure I'm going to have the follow through. You know, sometimes in order for you to have a follow through, you've got to break some of the things that used to control you. You've got to get away from some of the people that used to tell you where to go and what to do. Somebody today, you need to make up in your mind, I ain't staying here anymore. I'm not living this life anymore. Come on, get some follow through in you. Lift your hands all over this place. The Holy Ghost is here. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to move right now. Somebody make some commitments to God right now. What marked these men's lives were followed through. Elisha began to follow Elijah. And it become time for Elijah to leave this world. And he tells Elisha, you, you just stay here. I'm going to this city. And Elisha looks at Elijah and says, oh, oh, no. If you're going to that city, Elisha's going to go to that city. He goes to that city, and there they work for a while and teach and whatever the prophet was doing there. And, and then it was time for him to go to another city. He said, you just, you just stay here, Elisha. I'm going to go. And Elisha said, if you're going to that other city, I'm going to that other city. Every time he said, just, just kind of chill out. Take it easy. There was something in Elisha that says, listen, I was touched by something, and I'm not going to let it go. There is something about that spirit of follow through. Uh, that got in Elisha that says this ain't happening. So finally Elijah says, well, what is it that you want? He said, well, I want half of what you have. Oh, I want just a little bit. No, no, no. I want what you have, but I want a double portion. I want everything that you got, but I want more. He says, Elijah looks at him and says, well, you've asked a hard thing. He said, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken up, it's going to be given you. Everybody was mocking him. Everybody was trying to stop him. The other young preachers, when you read the word, the other young preachers are saying, what are you doing? Why are you following this wild man? What's going on? He says, y'all do what you're going to do. I've got some follow through in me. That anointing touched me, and I'm not letting that anointing out of my sight. And so he goes to the river, and there he parts the Jordan by taking his mantle and striking the waters. It parts. They both go through on dry ground. Now they're there on the other side of the Jordan and all of a sudden somewhere up in the heavens there is this fiery chariot that starts coming down and it swoops Elijah up but floating down from the heavens comes the mantle that mantle that touched him when he was with his oxen come floating down from the sky he picks it up he walks to the Jordan and he starts his ministry where Elijah stopped his he takes the mantle and he strikes the Jordan and it parts and he walks
walks through. I'm talking about a man that had enough follow through to get what he was going after. You've got to get something inside of you where you stop laying down every time and you get some fight in you and say, I'm not going to stop until I get it. A double portion. Elijah had 14 miracles, notable miracles in the Word of God. Elisha asked for a double portion. And because of his follow-through, not his exciting statements, not his want-to, but his follow-through, he gets the mantle. Starts at the river, part in the water. Walks through on dry ground. Now here they are. <laughs> it's time to see about the follow-through. Starts doing miracles. You have the miracle of the Jordan parting. He healed the water so people could drink. Called she-bears to come out. That wasn't a very fun one. He filled a valley full of water. One miracle after another. Widows had meal that didn't run out. A woman that had, didn't have a son got a son. The son died and he prayed him back to life. One miracle after another. One miracle after another. And now he gets there and he is at 25 miracles. 25 miracles, you read them, one after another, miracles, signs and wonders that are happening. 25. The Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. Here we find now Elisha had fell sick and his sickness whereof he died. He knew he was on his deathbed. And this young king comes to him. Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. Verse 15. Elisha said, take the bow and the arrow. He took it in his hands. He puts it out the window. Verse 17. He tells, it, tells him to shoot. He shoots this arrow and he said, that's the, the, the deliverance of the Lord. There's a prophecy that came true. 26. Hmm. Now it comes time. Again, should have been another great miracle, but he tells the young man to gather up now the arrows that are there in the quiver. He pulls them out and he tells him to strike the ground. He pulls out these arrows. And the Bible says that he just looks at him and says, this, this seems a little silly. He, he hits the ground and he's looking around and he hits it and he hits it again and he just kind of stops and looks at the prophet and the bible says that elisha looks at him and very interesting what he says he says you should have struck the ground how many times five or six not you should have struck it five not that you should have struck it six. 
it wasn't the exact number. It was the attitude of follow-through. It was an attitude of just, let me kind of get through this thing. It was the attitude of, let me just kind of make people happy. Let me make the preacher over here happy. Let me go ahead and hit it. He was saying, no, it, was your, it wasn't the exact number. It was, you should have did it five, six, seven times. It really don't matter. What should have happened is you should have been thinking, I'm going to defeat this enemy. I'm going to take this enemy down, this enemy. He was saying, listen, the problem was your follow-through. The problem was not just, well, I'm going to obey the rules. No, I'm going to figure out how I can defeat this enemy. Me. I'm going to get some follow through uh, somebody in this place uh, you've got to get out of the little habit of well let me just do what I'm told let me just get a little something done uh, you've got to get something inside of you that says I'm going to defeat, defeat this enemy uh, this thing's not going to rule my life uh, I'm not going to let it take over me anymore somebody uh, has got to get the follow through in your spirit so now Huh. Now, he's at 27. He asked for a double portion. Elijah had 14. And Elisha dies with 27. Now, I'm not real good at math. But I know 14 twice isn't 27. He was shy of miracle. That miracle could have been, you're going to defeat your enemy. Now let me prophesy one more. You're going to become a great nation and all these great things. He could have died with that prophecy on his lips. But because of a young king that did not have follow through in him, he dies one short of his miracle. But Elisha served a God that does not only ask for our follow through. We serve a God that's full of a follow-through. God does not stop short of what he said he is going to give you. And so he's dead. It's over. One miracle short. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21. It came to pass. These guys were burying this young man. There's war going on. There's people that are chasing them. Someone, I'm sure, was wounded in the battle. They were wounded, and now they have died, and they realize they can't carry this man, so they go to bury him. But, but as, they, as they're moving towards it, they realize there's a band of men that are coming. And so what they did, instead of just burying him, is they took this body, and they just threw this body in the sepulcher and took off running only to hear their friends say that was dead wait on me because when they took that body and threw it in that sepulcher the only thing in there was Elisha's bones and there was one miracle left in those bones and when that dead 
you touched that dead carcass, it came alive again. I'm here to tell you we serve a God that's got your follow through in mind. If God said it's going to happen, you can take it to the bank. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Come on, God promised you something. It's time for you to stand on it. God said it's going to come. It's time for you to plant your feet and say it shall come. Come on, somebody, get a fight in you. Come on, somebody, get some follow-through in you. Don't give up. Don't lay down. We serve a God that's full of the follow-through. Oh, somebody, go ahead. Do what you feel like doing right now. Do what you feel like doing right now. Hiko Soto Rebaha. It's time for you to get out of the mully grubs. If God said it, it's going to happen. Follow through right now. Follow through with your worship. Follow through with your praise. Follow through with your miracle. It's in the atmosphere. Reach. I feel faith right now. Somebody just needs to reach a little bit more. I've got more to preach. But right now, just reach a little bit more. I'm here to tell you, God's not a man that he shall lie. If he says it, he's going to do it. If he says it, it's going to do it. For the promises of God are yea and amen. If he says it, he's going to do it. If he says he's going to walk through you with through the valley, guess what? He's going to be with you in the valley. God hasn't stopped. God doesn't stop at good enough. God goes all the way through to the full follow-through. God says, I got everything you need. I'm not about to stop in the middle of your miracle. I'm not about to stop. I just need you to come to me. You can be seated for a moment. I'll never leave you nor forsake you means I'll never leave you nor forsake you. (laughs) Cast all my cares on you for I care for you. What that means is you can cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. We serve a God that when you think it's over, he says, no, I'm not done following through with this yet. We're one miracle shy, God says. Give me something I can do with these bones. Well, this situation is dead. Not if the promises of God are there. I've seen people, mamas and daddies, that pray for their children for years. I've seen them die. But even after their death, every one of their children in church serving God. Because God gave them a promise. And I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, my God is not slack concerning his promises. If he says it, he's going to do it. When God says it, it's going to happen. When he says in Genesis 3:15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, 
and between thy seed and her seed after the serpent had deceived Eve. He looks at the serpent, the devil, and says, let me tell you something, sucker. There's going to be a day that the seed of this woman is going to crush your head. It's coming down on you. <laughs> well, maybe. See, see, the devil just don't know just how long God's follow-through is. He thought, oh, it's, it's Cain and Abel. Abel, I got to get rid of Abel. But that wasn't the seed. He kept looking and, oh, no, I got to get rid of this one, get rid of that one. But it didn't happen. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. <laughs> All of a sudden, God came down and robed himself in flesh. Not a part of God, not a third of God, not a section, a section of God, but God himself came down. The Bible says, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of God was in Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus, was born, and his ministry began. Because one good swing leads way to another one. They say what keeps you coming back is that one good shot. So he had the follow-through to come here, but that wasn't the end. It was time for another swing. So John the Baptist began to prepare the way. Starts with your backswing. Prepare the way. Preaching repentance. Preaching you got to get your heart right. You can't get in the swing of God if you ain't got your heart right. You got to repent of your sins. You got to do it. You got you can't just hang on to your old life. You got to be willing to let it go. So John the Baptist Prepare the way. And Jesus starts his swing. Marriage supper of the Lamb is on its way. But he shows up first at a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. Turns water to wine. Begins to heal the blind. Begins to make uh, deliver people that were dealing with leprosy he began to raise the dead like Lazarus he began to do all these miracles it was all part of the swing but the swing wasn't really what it was all about there was an impact moment that he was looking for so repent preparation the miracles the signs the wonders that began to happen and then it came to the point of the gospel it happened it started in an upper room when he began to say this is my blood this is my body it's broken and shed for you. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, that impact started uh, when he went to a garden uh, and he began to pray uh, not my will uh, but thy will be done. Uh, the impact started uh, when he was taken uh, in front of men uh, that began to accuse him uh, without any evidence. Uh, the impact started uh, when he stood before Pilate uh, and Pilate uh, began to say I don't even see anything wrong with this man uh, but the people began to cry uh, crucify him and the impact started when the whips began to go across his back and his flesh began to hang like ribbons the impact started as he began to carry that cross up to Golgotha and there he was nailed to it and suspended between heaven and earth there he 
died and the impact was there but not only the impact there but they took him and they put him in a tomb it was the impact for this reason he says have I come this is the target this is the impact moment this is the reason I've come they put him in a grave but he didn't stay in the grave on the third day he came up out of the grave with the power and the keys of death and hell I'm here to tell you it was the impact moment Woo! look at somebody and just say Woo! don't blow their ears out that was the impact moment that's the reason he came to pay for your sins died on the cross buried rose again but he didn't stop with an impact he says I've got some follow through go with this thing he shows up and he tells them go to the upper room with some follow through in you Go to the upper room and wait until you are endued with power from on high. John the Baptist prepared the way. The ministry of Jesus brought it in. The impact was the death, burial, and the resurrection. But he didn't stop with the impact. He had some follow through. And on the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord in one place. And then suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rush of mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Hear me. We cannot allow ourselves now that we're in a new swing to stop at the impact. If God didn't have the follow through, we wouldn't be here. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead did not come inside of us, we wouldn't have a direction of heaven. We would be slicing and dicing and going all over. But because that spirit came inside of us, it put a bead on heaven and takes us straight to those pearly gates. You've got to get some follow through in you. Pentecost was Jesus' follow through. <laughs> I'm with you now, but I shall be in you. That's my goal. It was the follow through that gave direction to the church. It was the follow through that helped them to go in the right direction when they were endued with power from on high. It was the follow through. So, Peter gives all of us our own swing. <laughs> he tells us to repent. He tells us, get your heart right with God. If you don't prepare, you can't receive. 
if you don't clean the junk out. And hear me, you will never come to God if you're waiting for yourself to be so perfect. Well, God's so great. I, I have all these issues. I can't come to God yet. I've got to fix myself first. Never going to happen. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to have, none of us, there ain't a person here and have ever lived that's ever good enough. Except God himself in the flesh. No one, no one has the right to come into the presence of a holy God. But he said, repent. They asked, what do we need to do? Repent, he says in Acts 2.38. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, there are two people I'm wanting to talk to right now. People that haven't even started your swing yet. You just kind of came today. And you're standing there. What do I need to do? Some of you need to repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to give your heart to God. And I'm talking to other people that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But you have come and you stopped at the moment of impact. You've stopped at the moment of impact. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. I come to church every now and then. I had a little experience with God. This is my impact moment. And you can take everyone back to your impact moment. And I'm so happy you can. How about your follow through? How about your daily walk with God? How about what you're doing today and what you did yesterday and last week and last month? How about those things? How is the follow through going in your life? The Bible says in Matthew 24, 13, Matthew 24, 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that endureth to the end. He's saying you've got to go beyond the moment of impact. Thank God for the impact. Thank God that he forgave me and saved me and filled me with his spirit. But there's too many people that get so excited about the impact, they forget about the follow-through. They forget about what I have to do day by day, walking with God, walking in the Spirit, living with God. And you're here today, and you're saying, Preacher, I hear what you're saying, and I kind of feel what you're saying, and I feel the impact. I, I can tell it's there. Maybe you're like Agrippa in Acts 26 and verse 28. Acts 26, 28 records this King Agrippa that says to Paul, Almost thou hast persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost never could. Almost don't make it. Almost don't get you into the pearly gates. Almost will keep you just shy of where you need to be. 
Somehow today, you've got to decide, I'm tired of just addressing this situation. I'm tired of just talking to this situation. I need to do something to follow through. I need to do something in my life to help me get to the next point. There's too many people under the sound of my voice today that you're almost where you need to be. You're almost going to go to the altar. You're almost going to repent. You're almost going to ask God for the Holy Ghost. You're almost going to be baptized. But almost is not good enough. Almost won't work. Somehow, some way you need to realize that God has the follow through you need. God will help you when no one else can help you. God's got the follow through. The question is, do you, do you have what it takes today? To say, I'm tired of just talking about this thing. I'm ready to prepare myself. Walk down to an altar. Repent of my sins. Be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And begin to live a life, not just in and out, but a complete follow through of the things of God. Today, stand with me. Today, you need to follow through. You need to pray again. You need to worship again. And again, and again, and again, and again. You cannot just live for that one moment of impact. One swing deserves another good swing. God is trying to do something in your life, but you cannot live at almost. Let me tell you right now where you're standing, what you need to do in just a moment. You need to walk down this aisle. Why, is there something magical? There is. There's something supernatural. It's not in the aisle. It's in your spirit when you take a walk of faith. When you decide, you know what? I'm not going to just stay where I'm at. I thank God for the impacts, but I'm looking at my life, and I don't see the follow-through in my life. I need God's help. You're here today and you need to repent of your sins. You need to walk and you need to repent of your sins today. You're here today and you say, well, I, I, I need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. You need to come down here. You're here today and you've got the Holy Ghost, uh, but you're not really got the follow through uh, that you're making a difference in the world around you. You need to come up here and pray today. You need to find your follow through. Uh, stop talking about what you're going to do uh, and do it uh, and follow through with it. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Will you lift your hands? No one leaving, no one moving. Right now, in the name of Jesus. God, I need your help right now. God, I've, I've tried to preach your word. I've tried to stir people. I've tried to say it in a way that will help somebody to understand. But Lord, there are people here today that need to give their heart to you. They need to be baptized. They need to repent. They need to be filled with your spirit. They need uh, to make a decision to come to you. God, right now, all over this place, you won't be the first. There's already some down here. I know that you love God. I know you want to serve God, but where's your follow-through today? Don't just live at the impact moment. Don't just live at that moment that you make a big statement. You need to come to God. I want you to ask someone around you, would you like to come pray? And then come 
Come on, have some follow through. You say, I feel the presence of God. Great. Get the follow through to come to him today and repent of your sins. Get your heart right with God. Don't just talk about it. God's got the follow through. God's not going to leave you hanging if you'll come to him. If you'll come to him. If you'll come to him. Come on, that's it. Come on, don't go backwards. Go forwards. Take a step of faith. Trust in him. Ministers, begin to move and pray. Let the Holy Ghost flow. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. Come on, today. 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 Get some follow through in you. I'm not just going to talk about a move of God. I'm going to pray until God touches me. I'm going to pray until I feel with power. I'm going to pray until I feel the deliverance. I said keep on praying. I said keep on praying. 